not as good as Rufus Dassault, but... I've, I've been commenting on every Rufus Dassault Instagram post, TikTok, Twit tweet. I'm like, yo, let us use your song. We need it on our podcast. I'm just waiting for that like, favorite, anything we get from Rufus, we're using that as proof. I think that he's going to, like, once he, like, he's going to join an indoor. <laughs> to be honest, though, this song is this song is hit. I, yeah. I appreciate your mix on this one. It's basically like a fake Ru- Rufus DeSoul. I'm trying to make a Rufus DeSoul song. We <laughs> Shout out to Rufus for inspiring us. But, hey, welcome, everybody, to the Pure Tennis Podcast. We got episode five. Appreciate you guys following us. A lot of fun to do this. Appreciate our sponsor, Tennis Point, um, our, our head sponsor here. Uh, check out their stuff. They got all the latest and greatest equipment and gear. Just launching the player pro profile cards. Uh, so they have all the updated uh, gear and apparel from all the best players on the tour. Check that out. Joe, we're here again. We're getting into a little routine here. We're getting, yep. I'm feeling a little dangerous. How are you feeling tonight? Feeling good. Check us out on Stitcher. And then um, I think that we have all our new logo stuff up. It's looking good. It is. We got a new. So we got our our logos launched. We're feeling a little official. We got this. Our, our intro music is now down pat. We're not breaking any laws. Not breaking any laws, but we we still are hopeful that Rufus Dussault is going to open up a DM one time to get to get us <laughs> underwater. But no, the song you've created for us, I, I I love it. I appreciate you doing that for us. Great vibe fits the Pure Tennis podcast, and we've had a great week of tennis leading into this podcast. Such we had a great we, week. We had and we had to get together again. We're going to hopefully do this two or three times a week, guys, and we're going to start off a little recap of the Indian Wells BNP Paribas Open. I mean, what what a tournament. You had One thing I did notice is that the fan attendance was not where I had hoped it would be. Maybe that was because it was in October. I'm hoping that's why. Cause back yeah, because it, typically it's in, the, it's in the other part of the year, right? Or it's, am I wrong? No, you're right. No, it'll be in March this upcoming year yeah. where it's usually held. And I, I hope that brings back the fans because I think this tournament, one of those beautiful venues in all of tennis, it needs its fans. It needs the kind of atmosphere and um, that just what what that provides to these players is it just changes the game, changes the matches. But we had an incredible Indian Wells tournament. Two number 21 seeds took took the title home. I mean, 2021, you got Cam Nori, Paula Bedosa put on a show and they both take home their biggest title to date. Uh, Cam Nori and Bedoso each won their first Masters 1000, and both will be uh, in the live race of the WTA and ATP rankings. They'll be entering the top 10. So congr- just, just great tennis. Like, I never would have put I, – I'm, obviously, I'm the novice of, of our group, but didn't have Cam on my radar. And, like, after watching this tournament, though, like – just a huge fan of watching him grit out and just play and um no no unforced errors. <laughs> no, and you you tuned into the ATP podcast uh, this today that was dropped I guess with Cam Nori after his interview. I have to, I still have yet to listen to it, but you dropped a few interesting nuggets. Cam Nori first off played at TCU Texas Christian University. He was a horn frog. Uh for those of you who don't know that that's the school that has the purple football field and he just went and won a Masters 1000. He's got his he's coached by one of his former teammates, and I thought the interesting you texted me today. You're like, dude, this guy gets fined by his own coach 
$500 for every unforced area hits in practice. Yeah, this is lights out. I was listening. I don't know if they have the purple field, honestly. I, I But, like, I know that, like, <clears throat> watching the – or listening to the interview, I was amazed to hear, like, this different uh, take on how people uh, train for pressure. And um, I think that that was interesting to hear how uh, – I think it's Facunda Loren, Loren, uh, I'm not, I'm just butchering. Legomez? Legomez. Facunda Legomez. Facunda Legomez, fining him for any, any, any spaz shot, 500 bucks, taking out and making so all practice has, has pain. If you, if, <laughs> I mean, it just, but then like you were looking up. Cause I mean, I, I would be buying my whole, my whole club drinks, dinner for the next month yeah. after one practice. Yeah. I mean, you you have to have a very tight close relationship with your coach if that's the type of measures you're going to take this to. Clearly it's paid dividends for Cam Nori. Uh you, I mean, you, you can speak to this better than I can if you're listening to it, but I mean, that just goes to show how close this relationship is with his former teammate now his coach yeah. that they can kind of push each other to this limit. That that's what I kind of took away from that and then going into it, even dig, digging digging into this whole thing a little deeper, um, shout out to Diego Nava, uh, Xavier Musketeer. He sent me his coaches started a uh, basically a match chart of uh, statistics where they basically chart your misses and your unforced errors from defensive, offensive, and neutral positioning. Cam Nori, we we go back and look at the stats from from PSI. It turns out the guy doesn't miss shots. None. None. He, he's tired of losing $500 in the practice courts. <laughs> yes. And he's going to go into these matches, and he's going to make his guy beat him. you got to hit through Cam Nori. It's not easy to do because you're going to have to do it for over an hour. Yeah, he had two. Probably two hours. He had two in the neutral court, two unforced errors in the neutral court, four on the on the, yep. on the, on the back side, and only six on the aggression. It's a, so, it, like, total unforced errors, like, less than 20. And no, then, less like, than 15 almost every match that they 15, charted. But then, like, the people that we were looking at, like, they all had 17 it, in the aggressive court. Like, yep. I mean, it's you, insane. Basiash really had 14 from the neutral and 17. I mean, it's just insane. So I thought when you sent me that little nugget after listening to the podcast, I was like, that is – it just goes to show that what you do on the practice court yeah. does reflect what you do on the match court. And Cam Norris, he's just talked about in the, after his winning this title – how much he enjoys competing, how much he's been enjoying his tennis, and he's taking his fitness to another level in 2021. He runs every day. He's working out, and I you just love to see it. I mean, yeah, he's running 20, 20 kilometers and 10 kilometers a day, and then, I mean, that's insane. It is, and it, it, I think it also just goes to show that, I mean, this is a guy that played, he didn't even play the top of his lineup in some of his matches at TCU. There was matches he played three singles. There was matches he played two double. I mean, and now he's one of the top 10 best players in the world. So I think for all the college tennis players out there, if you guys have a dream and you guys have the talent, you guys can really get this stuff. I mean, I mean, you guys work at it. Yeah. Hard work beats talent. And I know it's like an oversaid thing. Everybody talks about it. But this guy's a living proof. And you also talked about um, how you learned how, how much he's reading books and kind of detailing this this his, his whole um, – basically all of his progress. And, and 2021 has been a breakout year for the guy. He's won 47 matches. That's more than Novak Djokovic, who's won three majors this year. And I think that just goes to show that, like, literally anything is possible. It is. Yeah. And with the, with the coming in, too, and, like, 
with the win, you you put yourself right into the mix of the the end of the year <clears throat> ATP ATP uh, finals. And like mm-hmm. I think he's. I, I know we keep talking about, it and I know no, he's, I he's know. number he's, he's number nine now. Number nine, so yep. he's like one spot out. And Rafa's, and there's a good chance Rafa does not compete in the ATP Finals in turn in Italy, and that, that I mean that puts him in. I mean if he as long as he holds up all right in the the back uh, last few tournaments here, uh, they got Cam Norrie is going to be one of the top eight players in the world. So that's Wh- just, that win bring that win brings you in, Ex- and it's that's a big win. Not not only that he he just becomes number one. Uh, player from Great Britain, and he's gonna be fighting for a spot to become the number two lefty in the world behind Rafa Nadal. Well, and like you say, number one Brit, but then Andy Murray had the the giant win today with with uh, um, with Tiafo and um, longest match of be- longest best yeah. of three match in 2021. Uh, Andy Murray, man, he he's back. We've talked about it the last few podcasts now. Yeah, he not just can. Doing no, the Andy Murray. No, we route. can go back on Andy Murray tangent. I mean, hopefully he's he's done faking the uh, lost lost ring stories, but uh, no, Andy Murray's back. I'm so happy to see the guy back on his game, enjoying his tennis. Hopefully he doesn't have to answer these questions about the wild cards anymore because the guy's put on the show wherever he goes. Doesn't matter if he's in the United States, Europe, Asia, anywhere. He's he's going. He's playing in great tennis with two metal hips. He just won seven six six seven. Seven six. I have the score right here. I just wanted to. Let's it's amazing. See. It's amazing. And then the the hug afterwards so, too. Like I think everybody respects him, which is awesome. Ten eight in the third, three hours and forty five minutes, and the guy hits twenty one aces. Twenty one. So, I, I mean, saw that. Twenty one aces. What stood out to me? I'm like, so the guy still has some pop. And Tiafo has been playing good tennis, especially on the hard yeah, courts. He did it's, great. Exactly. It's not like he's beaten in in round one. I mean. And you fly across half the world, you know, going from California to there. It's, it's not an easy turnaround there. And Andy Murray is just the, the embrace that they had at the end, the, the respect that Tiafo showed to a champion like Andy Murray. I thought that was awesome. And they both did well at Indian Wells, so it's just it's great to see them fight each other out. Exactly. And then, um, I think that for Tiafo, like you got, you got to play the, you know the most favorite person from the last generation mm-hmm. and he still gives him the big hug afterwards. I think that was huge. And just, you know, like watching that is just like makes me a Tiafo fan. So uh, well said, I think Tiafo, he understands the bigger picture. He knows that this is about the wins and losses are, are not as, are not as important as putting on a show for fans. I mean, these guys are entertainers and they leave it all out there on the line. They give it their best and, we get to watch a phenomenal tennis. I mean, for a round one match, yeah. that is unbelievable. At a place like the European Open, you, Antwerp, that was just a phenomenal match. I didn't get to watch a lot of it. I went back and watched the extended highlights. Those guys were putting on the show. It was all-around great entertainment. They had fans back in the stands. I know that made Andy happy. But, I mean, yeah. I wanted to just finish up with the Indian Wells. Paul Bedosa gets her first Masters 1000. An incredible, probably the best match I've seen on the WTA side of of the tour all year long. Yeah, her her and Azarenka. Azarenka, top notch, like bombs hitting bombs. Exactly, they're going for their shots for over two hours. I think it was the match went three hours and four minutes, and they're just hitting lines. The depth of their ball was amazing. The movement, I mean, neither one of them shot away from. You you didn't see anybody trying to back themselves into a win. They were both swinging for the fences. Yep. And Bedosa is just one of the best athletes I've seen since 
Prime Serena. Yeah, I you mean, feel like you like when you watch the finals. You, you know, over the last twenty years, like you never see someone like lose a final. You see someone beat someone in the finals, but mm-hmm. you don't ever see someone just like lose something other than Medvedev in the Australian Open this year. But like someone just beating someone, mm-hmm. you have to beat them off the court. And like I feel like that's like. I mean, tennis is like that way, but when you get in the final, you get the top of the you get the top of the tournament. So it's just that was just no, great. you're 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 dead on. I mean, what what you saw in that the ceremony, the trophy ceremony, and the the, the kind of the speeches and the congratulations uh, from yep. from Azarenka, I mean, she never stopped smiling during that whole that whole ceremony and went over to congratulate Bedosa twice. She just lost one of the biggest events of the year played phenomenal tennis, you'd think that she'd be all kind of down and maybe a, a little bit moping around, but no, I mean, she's she's smiling. You can see in every picture that was out there, she's smiling, watching Bedosa raise the trophy. She knew she played an incredible match. She was just a part of one of the best matches of the year. She's just happy to see another one that looked up. I mean, Bedosa admitted to her, like, she wouldn't probably be here without Ezarenka kind of... Yeah, s- and, like, I don't mean to dog Medvedev because I just did, like, back with Australia, I mean, because, like... There's something about tennis players that, that that really shows out lately. Like when you look at the U.S. Open, I mean, that tournament final, those speeches at the end, Medvedev, complete class act mm-hmm. with with uh, Djokovic. Mm-hmm. And you know that, that that's his first Grand Slam, mm-hmm. but he's basically like just offering it off as like, I feel bad that I just, I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't mean to like spoil the complete sweep. <laughs> no, like, I mean that's like, how these guys. That's a class act move. It is, it is, and that's. I hope Medvedev won some fans over for after the 2019 debacle with the U.S. Open fans. You know, giving the the the, the side of the head bird to to the rest of the stands. But I hope he won some fans back because Medvedev was. He's I mean, just, he's the best. He's, he's a I, he's a real I, one that yeah. tennis needs. I mean, he leaves it out there. He wears his emotions on his sleeve. He he's a straight shooter. Fighter. He's a fighter. I mean, he's one of the best talents. Freak athlete, best hardcore player in the last three, four years, and you know for him to kind of give Novak that moment that um, Novak, I mean you, you're probably not expecting. You know a guy gets his first major against you, he's he beats one of the, the greatest, arguably the greatest player time. of all time, <laughs> and you think he's gonna kind of go crazy and celebrate and kind of be, be in his own world, but no, Medvedev kind of realizes what just happened and get, gives the man his kudos, and I, I think that's a something that Novak will, will probably never forget and. No, Medvedev's playing amazing tennis. I'm excited to see what he does in the 2022 calendar year. Australian Open's coming around the corner real quick. Um, Finalist. But yeah, speaking of Novak, Novak finally just got back in the practice courts. He had taken. Yes, he did. Yep, he had taken time off from uh, September 12th all the way to the 18th of October. So over a little bit over a month before he hit the practice courts again. He said he kept his body right, and I, I look forward to him being a contender at the at the ATP Finals as well as the Australian Open. So that was great news for tennis fans. He kind of announced that he'll be back at the ATP Finals for sure and uh, declared that he, he's hoping he'll be ready for the Australian Open. He he kind of was wishy-washy on the whole va- vaccination thing. Is He's obviously um, – I, I can appreciate that, though. He's got his opinion on how he thinks it should be handled, and he's not big on the way ATP has um, handled it themselves and how the whole world actually in general in a bigger picture has kind of made this a very – polarizing issue it's like um and and, he, and he's stuck by the people that have felt one way or the other you know everybody's got their own opinions and 
I, I can appreciate that. Novak's always been very transparent with how he feels on these big issues. Uh, he never hides his feelings, and I'm a Rafa guy. I, I can respect these other big three, but, I mean, no, Novak's a hard guy for me to dislike because I think he always puts his his honesty on the table, and you can judge him however you you may, but you know he's always being uh, Novak, and I think that's something that we can we can admire. Yeah, no, I agree with that a hundred percent. Like, I think that that like I'm listening to you say that, and it's hard because like I I feel like when you go to Australia, it's going to mm-hmm. be a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already started to read a few things where they're just completely hardlining, saying that that no matter what that if he's not vaccinated then he's not coming but mm-hmm. I, I i don't believe that that they're mm-hmm. going to do that to a three three time returning champion in a row you're going to take out the fourth one right the like, fourth one I in a row no and rublev like just, just came out that rublev has gone into consideration of he's probably going to get vaccinated if 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 it means if they're going to make him do a 12 day quarantine he's going to get vaccinated so a lot of it's a lot of so these players that, yeah, like, that have not been vaccinated and i know i know a lot of college players that are going through the same thing, and they have to get tested three times a week. But you know, it's a real personal decision. Yep. I, I mean, yep. I got vaccinated myself, not to make this anything crazy, but it it did affect me. It did make my, my two days of my of mine not very fun. So I can't judge these guys. I know it's um, their own decision, and I, I I mean, twelve days of quarantine to go to play at a tournament for the guys that don't wish to do that. Well, and tennis players are smart. They're right. smart people. Krajanovic. Like Philip Krajanovic, the Serb- the fellow Serbian of Novak, said, "If it's anything more than a five day quarantine, he's not willing to go through that again. I think the mental stress and agony that kind of puts on you to be, you know, put in basically like a solitary confinement situation in a hotel room, that doesn't sound like any fun. I know as tennis fans, we're all selfish and we want to see the best players performing at the highest level in a Grand Slam. But you know, Aust- Australia has its has its kind of requirements and regulations that they're putting in place and." If these guys don't want to put themselves in that situation, you know what? Teach their own. So yeah, I, mean, I feel like I I love Australia. I feel like that that's a, one of the like places that you think that of of everyone just thinks oh, Australia is the, the greatest place that mm-hmm. you could ever go. But like when it comes down to the tennis, you you worry that like they're gonna get stuck in this dogmatic view that they're gonna like just hold the their own point of view above wherever their tennis tournament. Cause like if you lose all those tournaments, then or you lose all those people. Then does that tournament actually become a, a slam? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you take out Djokovic, mm-hmm. it's not a slam. It, to right. Me. Exactly. No, I think that's a fair point. Interested to see what happens with the Australian open, but um, no, I think that's something we're going to be looking forward to here coming up here soon as it, January is not that it's far away. The this year has flown by. A couple more results I want to touch on this just from today. Up in Europe is the is the American hard swing hard court swing is over. Uh, you had a couple of Americans had some good results. You had Brooksby over Opelka four and four. Thought that result was pretty impressive from the young American. And then Nakashima taking off taking out Demonar um, four and zero. I mean he bagged him in the second set. That's a pretty dominant win. And he, I think, I think when I looked, he only hit four aces. So I mean, to out baseline Demonar with his speed, uh, that's that's an impressive win from Nakashima. And um, I know Demonar had a quick turnaround after his uh, late run in Indian at Indian Wells, but love to see the the young Americans find some success. I, I think American tennis is uh, improving. I, I know there's nobody in the top ten right now, but 
to have some of these young guys that are fun to watch, that's a big uplifting thing for for American tennis and um, something I'm looking forward to watching more of in 2022. Who who are kind of now that we're on the subject, who are kind of the two or three Americans that you think have the highest ceiling uh, from what you've seen this past year? Well, being that I don't know anything, but I'm going to throw that like a Pelka <laughs> is 20 right now, and like so you have Brooksby mm-hmm. beating the number 20 guy. Uh, in a in a in a big kind of I mean I follow Brooks because you told me to and yep. and he gets through the qualifier so I'm watching him. I, I thought you were going to be a fan of this guy though. I, I am. Mean, no, I, I totally am. This, I am. He kind of fits your mold. As I like, love it. Yep. I love it. I love the fighter that comes out of the the qualifier. That's why I'm uh-huh. a carrots the fan. But yep. like get through Apelka the giant um, and just matching matching the power and just getting through that match. I think that that's I think that he's probably my my number one. I think Corda. I I gotta throw him in there. I like um, Brooksby like Corda. You gotta finish it off with one more. I love that those those first two are strong. The third one though, you're leaving somebody out here. Who you got? I'm not leaving Fritz out. I th- I know that he made it through the Indian Wells and he's doing wonderfully. Yep. yep. I I just this is just the top three that Joe Patton is looking forward to watching yeah. this upcoming year. Looking forward to absolutely. Not saying the best. Yep. Yeah, Brooksby. Corda and I like McKenzie just because I, I, I just uh, he's got the he's just got that backcourt fight so that's, I love it that's I me. love it no shout out to Taylor Fritz uh, huge totally. week in Indian shout Wells shout out to Taylor Fritz he's the last American standing he's always got my eye yep. and like he's got that sneaky power he like he fights does. he fights from the baseline he's got a huge serve and he's kind of unconventional and like mm-hmm. backhand kind of looks all flaky and kind of weird and <laughs> herky jerky. I love that. No, and I yeah. just I love it. So no, and he and he stopped dyeing his hair. <laughs> but to what to, to do what he did against Sasha Zverev, you know that I think that I was sick. It was. It was. I mean, I was so entertained by what he could do there. What was he down five two? Five two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Two five. Two, five. Yeah. I mean, come on, give me a break. I mean, that was. I, I mean, was watching it to watch Zverev put somebody away. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's why I, I think I texted you while you like, it was going on, and then I had get three five, four five, and then come back and like he's down in every single one of those games. That and then the tiebreaker. The, the the way he did it in the tiebreaker was just dominant. But I mean, then at the end, I'm like totally rooting for him. So uh, yep. No, I was really happy for Taylor. I mean, him and Paul Anika make a great team. I really enjoy listening to Anacone on the air talking about the game, and and then just to see that he's had success with his with his player with Fritz. You know, it's just happy for that team. I think Fritz has a ton of potential. I do too. He can bring the one thirty five bomb on the serve, and then his ground strokes are coming together. I mean, he made guy, it. He made it through the quarterfinals in the Australian Open, didn't he? Or like sixteen round of sixteen. I think right, he was almost in the queue. Like and w- he ran into Djokovic. In Wimbledon, I think he did something. I think he did round of sixteen or quarters in Wimbledon. I mean, and he had knee surgery four months ago. Yeah. So to have this type of bounce back after a knee surgery, I mean, I, I don't know what, what the guy's eating or what his training is like, but I but mean... He's got, he believes in himself because he was fighting... For sure. He for fought, sure. He fought Djokovic into... I think he got him into five. I, mm-hmm. I, my brain might be wrong, but like, I, I think he, I think Djokovic had like... Where some at? Is that so? Aussie open. Aussie open? He, like, Djokovic had some weird like ab uh-huh. injury and, and Taylor no, you're fought right. him through. I think you're... No... Now that you're saying it, dude, that's a I great swear, memory. I, I, dude, I, why does Australian Open 2021 feel like five years ago? I literally does. feel like Karatsev, like his whole, the whole when he broke onto the scene in the 2021 20, Australian Open, that was 2015. But it, it was, it was, it, I was it like, like I was ago. young then. Next thing I want to touch on though, breakout players of 2021. 
Give me your top three. We'll stick with the top three. Who 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 has impressed you the most? I know you've kind of heavily hit the bandwagon again of watching um, all the small tournaments and stuff, and and now you've kind of been captivated by really watching all, j- just like myself. We're kind of nerding out over all these small tournaments. Who is who is kind of on your on, in your mind broke out on the scene the hardest this year? I mean, Karen Stev. I think you got to throw him in there. I think that her cots with the Miami win, and I think. I mean, for me and you, like, I think like the people that are breaking out are like Brooksby and yep. like yep. that, yep. that group underneath, um, I mean, we could go down even farther, say JJ Wolf got into like, you know, tournament playing big no, JJ, matches. JJ like, recovering from, from that, from the surgeries and everything, just to see him back and competing at yeah, the highest like, level is, that's a comeback story. I mean, it's, uh, he hasn't. Probably had the results that he that he had wished for, but I, I to to his defense, the draws that he's gotten have been brutal. I mean, for me, from a tennis fan perspective, I think the people that I I, I kind of gravitate to as like powerhouses now, I the breakout people are like Zverev. Yep, is like he's gonna win the match. I think Rublev is gonna just like come out like whereas like last year I didn't I didn't think of Zverev and Rublev and like Tsitsipas. Like honestly, like I thought it was like this like kind of like halfway in between thing. Now I feel like he's like a dominant force. Like I don't, I don't think of him as a dominant force last year. I think of Mm -hmm. him as a dominant force. Now it's like, Mm -hmm. you're going to line up with Tsitsipas and Medvedev. You're going to get beat. Like, I don't think that like that. I don't think I think I thought that way last. Mm -hmm. last No, it's very, there was a point there in the, in in the calendar year from the uh, Olympics to the U S open. Zverev had won 21 of 22 tour matches. That's, that's that's insane. Uh, and the way he was doing it, I mean, you go to the Olympics, he wins it. He was super happy. I, I, I talked to him a little bit. He was celebrating like crazy with um, his, his fellow Germans. And then he comes to the Cincinnati, wins Cincinnati. Kills it. And then takes Novak to an epic five-setter in New York City, which I, he had chances at. So a great year for Zverev. I know he didn't get the grand slam that he was after, but – I mean, he got, got a gold medal, and I, I he said it. I mean, he's talked about how much it meant. That's kind of like a slam, though, right? That's that's the big debate I see all over the place. Is it a slam or is it? Is, well, is Chris it, Everett got the golden slam, and they talk about it like yep. when with Djokovic. So it's not. It, it's best so of three, like, though. You know, best. Of, I will say though, best of three is just true. a lot. That's different. not a slam. It's not a slam, and that like, I, I mean, I have a pretty strong opinion on this. I think the gold medal means a lot. But uh, but to everybody who kind of um, puts puts the gold medal into a, a, a second tier, is it's true though. When you talk about the greatest players of all time, you have nobody has any idea how many gold medals Federer All you care about is how many majors they have, how many French Opens, how many Wimbledon, how many Australian Opens, how many US Opens, and then you then gold medals. In my opinion.